You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Again, we're happy to see everyone here this morning. Thank you, musician. Let's notice the book of Mark, and we're calling your attention to Mark, the fourth chapter. Amen. I know a number of you just love good teaching. You love the word of God. Amen. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be, be filled. And so we thank God for the word. Notice Mark, the fourth chapter, and let's start reading at verse number 24, and let's conclude reading at verse number 25. If you haven't heard Wednesday night Bible study message, this is actually the verse that I believe I ended it on, on Bible study. Mark uh, 4 and verse 24. Then he, or Jesus, said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Notice again, Jesus says in verse 24, take heed what you hear. Notice why. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. But notice, he not only wants them to take heed to what they hear, but he actually wants them to take heed to what they're hearing so that they will be careful to use what they are hearing. Because notice he says, if you use what you're hearing, he says it like this, it would be measured to you. And to you who hear, remember the implication is you're using what you hear, more will be given. And of course we know more just signifies better improvement or increase. But I can't just hear the truth I can't just hear the word, but I have to use the word. I have to apply the word. Come on, somebody. And so if I do so, he says that more will be given. And so based upon that, look at a neighbor and tell your neighbor, the subject this morning, use what you hear. Look at one more person, tell him or her, the subject this morning, use what you hear. Now look at one more person, ask him or her, do you use what you hear? Go ahead and answer. All right, let's give the Lord a praise. Come on, let's give him a praise. Especially those of you who use what you hear. When Jesus says to them in Mark 4, 24, take heed what you hear. 
he is first of all implying that they need to consider what you're hearing. Consider what you're hearing. Because how many know everything that we hear, we don't need to take heed to? Come on. I said everything that we hear, we don't need to take heed to it. There are things that you can hear that you need to pay no attention to at all. I wish I had some witnesses, folk that have actually taken heed to the wrong thing and it messed you up. It caused you to make bad decisions. How many have ever listened to people that you had no business to listen to and it caused you to make a choice that you live to regret? You regret that you took the time, listen, not only to just hear what they were saying, but you actually took time, considered it, and then followed through on it as if it was going to change your life for the better. But it didn't. It changed your life for the worse. And so when we look at what Jesus is saying, we need to consider what we are hearing. Don't miss it because there are going to be things that you will hear that you need to pay no attention to that at all. Don't give that any of your attention. Don't give that any of your time. How many have matured like that? That when certain folk get to talking, you get to walking. Come on, somebody. I said, there are folk, when they get to talking, you need to get to walking. Oh, y'all don't act like you believe that. You can't listen to everybody. You can't even listen to folk who say they love you. Because when you listen to what they say, it's obvious that they don't love you, but they must hate you. Because anybody that you want to see mess up or fail, and so you give advice that will cause them to fail, you can't tell me you love them. You actually hate them. And so you have to learn as you mature in God that when certain folk get to talking, you get to walking. Now, I'll break it down better. When certain folk get to gossiping, you need to leave the room. You need to hang up the phone because you don't need that trash in your spirit. Come on, somebody. I got a lot on my plate, and garbage doesn't need to be something that's on the table. Yeah, I ain't got time to be hearing a whole bunch of he say, she say, and what's running down the grapevine. What I need to consider is truth because truth will change. Woo, I wish y'all would have finished that. Your life for the better. How many know truth has changed your life for the better? You can't consider it rude when folks are saying something that you know you don't need to listen to. And some of you will be like that. You so nice. Well, Pastor, I, I, I just didn't want to cut her off. Cut her off. She ain't saying nothing worth hearing. Cut her off. Tell people enough is enough. And some folks are not clapping, but that's the reason your spirits stay messed up. It's because of what you pay attention to, which includes social media. Some of us hang out on social media too much, ingesting the wrong thing. Taking in the wrong thing. Considering the wrong thing. Meditating on the wrong thing. It was a reason why Paul said to the church that we should, that the righteous should choose, listen to this, their friends carefully. Carefully. See, when you consider somebody a friend, one thing it has to do with is somebody that you can listen to. 
Come on, that's what I consider a friend. Somebody that's going to help me be, watch this, a better person. You are not my friend if you're not helping me be better. That's just good old truth right there. Well, Pastor, that's my friend. How? How when you consider the way she living versus the way you're striving to live? No. You have to consider what you are hearing. And in this case, we know Jesus is talking about truth or the word of God. Number two, when you consider or you take heed, you then have to consider how you are using what you hear. How are you using what, what you hear? Or are you just hearing just for the sake of saying, I heard. I heard what pastor said Wednesday night. I heard it. Did you listen to the message? Yeah, pastor, I heard it. But did you apply it? Did you take heed to it? As good as coming to church is, it's not enough if you're not hearing, then applying what was said, what was preached, what was taught. How many know that's real? We still have folk who come to church, but they're not really taking heed to what is being said. And so notice that Jesus himself, Jesus the man, put great emphasis upon the importance of disciples using what they hear. He put great emphasis on it. Took the time to actually teach about his disciples using what, what they hear. That's the reason I have to seek God. That's the reason I have to make sure when I bring knowledge and understanding to the congregation that it's my job to bring it in such a way that everybody gets knowledge and understanding regardless of the level you may be on. See, I have to so break it down that a mature person receives knowledge and understanding that will help him or her remain mature. But then I also got to consider babes in the congregation, new converts, immature Christians, and they need knowledge and understanding so that they will grow in a proper way. And the reason I have to be careful, again, is because there are so many voices out here that if I'm not careful in dissecting the word, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, people can get confused under my leadership because I'm not taking time to teach the word the way that I need to. Listen to me, because I'm no fool. You are going to listen to me, some of you, but you're also going to listen to some other preachers. Even preachers that you shouldn't listen to. You're going to do it. How you know, Pastor? Because you love being on the Internet. You love YouTube. You love Facebook. Not all, but certainly some. And so that's my job. Now, when it comes to hearing... Some of us need to do a better job of hearing. I say some of us need to do a better job of hearing. I'm going to break that down, what I'm talking about. Some folk need to do a better job of hearing. Because, again, isn't it amazing how sometimes when the enemy, demons, evil folk want you to get off track, you, you, you will love paying attention to somebody you don't need to pay attention to, but then the folk you need to listen to, you're running from. 
You're avoiding them. Why? You know they're going to tell you the, the truth. Come on. And some of us like that. We avoid people who going to tell us the truth. Well, I ain't going to call her. Why? Why you didn't call her? Because she was going to tell you the, the truth. Anybody have that reputation in your family that folks slow about calling you? Because they know what they're going to get from you is what? Truth. They ain't going to get no siding on that. They're going to hear the matter. And then they're going to start giving out truth. And they're not afraid to tell you, hey, you wrong. Some of us are afraid to tell folk they wrong. You know what I learned in my family as well as in the church family? There are certain folk when you tell them they wrong, listen, you already know them. Get ready for an attitude. <laughs> How many know they're right? Get ready to not speak for a while. That, that, that's what it is. Years ago in my marriage, if I told Donna she did something she shouldn't have did, I already knew what was coming. I already knew what was coming. Had to straighten some stuff. Y'all ain't hearing me. I had to straighten. If everything was wonderful, it was what you want to eat. You got a taste for something. Anything special, no, I'm good. But let us be arguing. Man, you better go for yourself. You sit up there if you want to, waiting. And I walk in and I say, wait, what, what we eating? I don't know what you doing. But I baked me some pork chops and some rice. Well, you know, I don't eat pork chops. And? Uh, okay. All right. But y'all laughing. But this is why some men, when it comes to their wife, they don't tell them the truth. They want to eat. Come on. They want pleasure. So they're afraid to tell her, hey, you're wrong. But I come to tell you, it's possible to tell somebody that they are wrong and still love them. Still be able to do the things that you need to do, even though you got rebuked or corrected. When you mature, you appreciate it. You appreciate it. Because if the only time we're going to do certain things is if when people do what we want them to do, then your motive is not right. Something wrong with your love and you're actually a manipulative person. Come on. But what I love about Jesus is that he ain't trying to manipulate his own disciples. Sometimes we all need to be told we wrong. And it just ain't first lady. I've caught attitudes. Of course, I don't cook. But maybe I didn't clean the car as good as I could. Come on. Maybe when she was doing what I want to do, I threw a little extra cash out of my cash. But when she didn't, then, hey, you know, fend for yourself. I mean, we all probably have been there. At some point where it took us a minute before we could receive the truth, watch this, and maintain our integrity. Still do what's right even though somebody told you off. Because, see, I come to tell you, God himself will tell you off. Now, I know a lot of you don't listen to God when he talk like that. But God will tell you off. God will tell you about yourself. I'm talking your shortcomings. God will criticize the way we do things. He'll criticize our lack of prayer, our lack of intensity for prayer. He'll criticize 
that you don't crave the word no more. That the word don't move you no more. Church don't move you no more. He'll criticize things about us. Listen, not to hurt us. This good teaching, not to hurt us. The reason most men are still boys in a man's body is because they run from men who will correct them. Now they'll talk sports with you all day, but get the talking Bible. Sports don't save you. Money don't save you. A good career don't save you. Are we receiving? Do it seem like I'm mad? Somebody probably saying, Pastor, that's all the time. I can't. We need to do a better job hearing. But let, let, let me tell you why that is. It's certain messages that I preach that when God embedded in my spirit, it comes with his, with his heart. Come on. Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Who will feed you with knowledge and what? Understand. So if God is irked by some things we're doing, if it's a bona fide preacher, when he delivers the message or she, you're going to be able to sense that God has a problem with the way we're doing some things. And so don't ever take it personal. That's mean I try my best not to make just direct eye contact. Because folks will swear, I mean, he looked right at me when he said it. I told a woman one time, she came in my office mad. She said, I know you were talking about me. She said, because you looked right at me. When you said what you said, yeah, you did. You looked right at me. And, and then I just said one thing to make the light come on. I said, you do know there was somebody sitting behind you. Hmm. I said, and beside you. I said, how do you know I was looking at you and not looking at, at them? And I said, the same word you were in here complaining about, another person sent a message praising me about it, saying it was life changing. But sometimes I do make eye contact with people. Don't ask me about it today, though. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's quick, though. Don't just stare nobody down. But there's plenty of you have left here sometimes like, I know he looked at me. I know he looked at me. Am I right? How many have ever felt me stare you down just for a second? Just do you like. And then I'm quick to leave though. Once I hit you with that eye, like see how I hit Minister Sharika then? I just, hey, you need it. Because I don't want to stay there. Do a better job hearing. Number one, to do a better job hearing means... That we need to do better when it comes to hearkening to the voice of God. It's sad, but some of us have been in church for years and you still don't know the voice of God. Not the way you need to. The voice of God always sounds, listen to me, like the word of God. How do I know something is not the voice of God? It doesn't sound like the word of God. People have often told me what God said. There's no way God said that. Because for God to say that would mean that he's not all knowing and he ain't all wise. Because he said something else in the Bible. So why God going to tell you something 
different than what he said in the Bible. Just like when I preach, I can't preach what I want to preach. I have to preach what is written. See, whatever comes, you have the written, the logos. Then you have the rhema, the reveal. But remember what I teach y'all. The reveal always has to be in line with the written. That's the test. And I've been using it for years and have never failed. When folk tell me what God told them to do, I said, but what, what you're saying God told you to do is contrary to Scripture. And some folk come back, well, well I, don't, I just know that's what he told me. No. Anybody in here who has ever had God speak to you, especially about major things, he backed it up with a Scripture. He backed it up with a Scripture. Gave you the word so that you would know his voice. So we got to do a better job hearkening to the voice of God. Now, one way to make God's voice clearer is by making other voices silent. See, when I really need to hear from God, I can't be hearing everybody else too. It's too many voices. And so that's what the old saint used to say, hey, you got to steal away. There's a reason the Bible teaches about how Jesus would get up early in the morning and he would go to a deserted place. By himself to pray and meditate. Why? The voices. The voices. And see, sometimes when you got folk telling you do this over here, somebody telling you do this in the family, then, then your supervisor telling you need to do this, and then the internet suggesting that you do this, and then you just got so many voices. And the way to make God's voice clearer is by making other voices silent. Then I line up God's voice with his word. Now, you're blessed when you have a preacher who preaches out of the word because then it helps you discern his voice from your prayer time, from your personal study. And that's how some of us come in and we know God is clearly speaking to us because it's lining up with, with the word. And nobody has told preacher on it. Come on. Because some of you are like, I know you told me when I said, no, that's God talking to you. He's revealing your heart to you in order to help you. Number two, notice that we need to listen with the intent of obeying. See, when you just listen just to listen, then you may or may not do. But that ain't what God wants. God ain't never told his people in the sense of, and I know some of us don't mean no harm, even in the book of Malachi when he said, try me now. God ain't telling you, look, see if I'll do this. Take a chance on me. No, that word try means prove me. Prove me. God ain't never one. See, God, God know who he is even when you don't know who he is. So if you really know, if God know who he is, why would God ever tell you try me? That's, that's how we talk to each other. We may or may not show up. Can you try to pick me up at three? I'll try to pick you up, but something may come in the way. But see, God... Being God will never tell you to try him. See. No, he wants you to prove it. He already know who he is. Come on, somebody. That's your rhema. When God tells you to do something, you don't try to do it. Obey God. Obey him and watch him do what he promised to do for you. Come on, I'm a witness. There are witnesses here. I stopped trying God years ago. Now when he tells me to do something, I just prove it. I prove that he is who he say he is. And when you learn to prove God, God will do stuff in your life that's bigger than you. 
He'll do stuff in your life and He's working with your unsaved loved one. He's proving His will through your life. Well, y'all listening to me this morning? And so we have to listen with the intent of obeying. That's what you should be doing right now. Not coming with your own theories, not coming with your own doctrine, but you listening with the intent of obeying. If pastor lines it up with the word, then I'm going to do it. If it's Bible, I'm going to do it. And listen, we can't just do what we love. You can't just do what you like. And then the parts you don't like, you throw away. Come on. Tell your neighbor, you got to eat the whole loaf. <laughs> tell somebody else, you got to eat the whole loaf. And tell your neighbor, some of it is sweet like a honeycomb. Tell your neighbor, other parts are bitter like wormwood. See, if you think eating God's word is always going to be just so pleasant, no, you ain't eating the whole thing. You picking and choosing. Woo, I remember growing up with your parents, you didn't have a choice of saying what you didn't like. You ate what was. Come on. You know that's what God do, right? Finally, we are paying close attention to the word or to truth. We're paying close attention to the word or to truth. Knowing that according to John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said, if you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed or truly. He said, you will know the truth. Listen, and the truth will make you who wouldn't want to pay attention to something that, that's coming to make you free? Here's, here's my problem with some of us. We know without a doubt, many of us, that truth freed us from fornication. I just got a few. I just got a few. Truth freed us from fornicating. And listen, it had to be truth because of how we sometimes enjoy it. Fornication. Even though it wasn't good for, but true freedoms, right? Are you free from fornication? Speak up if you don't mind. Are you free? Did true free you? Even when you said, I ain't doing that no more. But see, your own willpower wasn't enough. Y'all, I'll, I'll keep getting real with you. Even when fornication sent you to the health department, had you taken prescription pills to get rid of something because of fornication, you still were so attached to it, you couldn't tell yourself from But then when truth came, that's what caused me to stop chasing women. It took truth. Truth made me free. Truth. But watch this, because something coming. Now, how can truth free you from fornication, but it can't free you from poverty? He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make spiritually. Spiritually only. No, that ain't what the word says. Truth will make you free in every aspect of your life. Pastor, I stay depressed all the time. You need truth, brother. You two up and down. But what happens when you're not paying attention to truth? When you're not taking heed to truth? Listen, 
you stay in stuff longer than God intended. I'm telling you, some of you are without. And this is what the scripture is saying. Not because God wants you to be without. Not because it's a trial. But because you ain't paying close attention to the word. You ain't considering. Because some of us, God will give us a word and then we'll go out and say the opposite of the word. He'll be telling you how he's going to load you down with better and bigger. And then you'll leave out talking about what you can't afford and what you can't do. Am I right about that? I've, I've been guilty. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that we got to understand. In order to consider truth, what truth is, in order to consider how we're using truth, and then to truly use truth, you have to deal with distractions wisely. Come on. You have to deal with distractions. The reason some of us don't apply the truth or the word, the reason we don't use it the way we need to, we are not dealing with distractions wisely. And, and before you say, well, Pastor, I, I got so much Holy Ghost, I don't, I don't, I don't know distraction. No, life itself. Come on, life itself brings what? Distractions. Pastor, I'm over six. There ain't no more distractions. Now, stop lying. It ain't an age. You have to deal with distractions wisely. Believe it or not, when we were ranked sinners, there were things trying to distract us and, and cause us not to sin, but, 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 but we weren't paying no attention to it. Our will was so strong to do what we wanted to do. Then we get in church and we don't recognize you got to deal with distractions wisely. Number one, you have to deal with distraction wisely in and outside the church. Come on. Do you know things can happen inside of the church that will distract you from taking heed to the word. Like this morning, you can show up. Some folks showed up to get their praise on, to give God thanks, to give him an offering, and his word, and put it in action. Somebody else showed up for the wrong reasons. And what's on their mind this morning is, who at church? What's on their mind is what they hear that's going on between so-and-so and so-and-so. See, they're allowing that to, to distract them. And then some folk mind is on what's happening at another church. You ain't even a member over there. You know more about that church than what some of their own members know. What's going on with you? But tell your neighbor, there will be distractions in the church. Right? Are we a family? Are we a family? The family of who? Christ. Of the body of Christ. So sometimes we're going we to have alts with, with each other. Am I right? So you got to know how to deal with distractions wisely. And certainly there will be distractions outside the church. What you believe people preaching against it. Trying to Hinder you from using what you hear. There will be distractions. Do y'all understand that? Let's deal with using the truth. And tell you, by the way, 
Distractions? Will be. In and outside the church. But you never be careful that you don't distract yourself. There's a reason Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciples. He said, come after me and what? Deny your what? Self. Sometimes the one that's doing the most harm to us is you. You are your biggest hindrance. You are the biggest reason why you are not using what you hear. And see, you have to deal with yourself. Did anybody ever deal with you? you? You have to deal with yourself. Because I know if I apply the word, nobody can stop me from having what God says is mine. Nobody can stop me from doing what God said he has ordained for me to do. But me. And so I can, I, I can end up being my own. Y'all said it. And I had to lay that foundation before we get to dealing with using the word. That's what I want to talk about in this close. Use what you hear. Now I want to show you how powerful it is when we use what we hear. Oh, we don't want to go on. Pastor about to deal with how powerful it is when we just simply use what we hear. It could be that, that, that you don't make over $12 an hour. But because you use what you hear, you living like a person that make $100 an hour. Woo! And I got about 10. 10 amens. Using what you hear is a powerful It's powerful. More powerful than any enemy that you got. Everybody that don't like you can line up in front of you. But if you're using what you hear, every one of them going to fall. Every one of them going to have to get out of your way. I'm about to get, I'm about to dance up here. And see, some of us act like, oh, Pastor, we know that. Well, why when things happen, you fall to pieces? Instead of just making sure, look, if I just use what I'm hearing, it don't matter what my enemies are up to. It don't matter the hole that people digging for me. If I just use what I hear, even if I fall in the hole, it's going to be a blessing down in there for me. But you letting all this stuff distract you from the thing that's most important. When it comes to you and your relationship with God, and that is using what you hear. Let's start in the book of Exodus. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Let's start in the book of Exodus. Remember what I said earlier, we got to do a better job of hearing, of using what we hear. Exodus 15, watch this. Exodus 15. You should be turning down in your Bibles. I think from now on at beginning of church, church, I'm going to ask y'all to hold up your Bibles. See who brought them. I'll start that next Sunday. Exodus 15, 16. Just see if you're obedient. Just see if you're using what you hear. Pastor asked us to bring our Bibles to church. 
He against you looking it up on the phone and this, that, no, no, not when you're at home or somewhere. But he's still asking us. He's still old-fashioned like that. He wants us to bring our Bibles to church. So next Sunday, I'm going to try to test and see. Notice. Where we at? Exodus 15, verse 26. Exodus 15, verse 26. And he said, watch this. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Use what you hear, and God will spare you or protect you. When you use what you hear, certain things can't touch you. Come on. He told Israel, look, if y'all will obey my commandments, give ear to it, take heed to it, then these diseases that are on the Egyptians, look what God had the audacity to say to him, they won't come on you. Do you know there are times that God tell us things are happening in the earth, but he tried to get us to see, hey, this ain't going to affect you. Watch this. If you do what I'm telling you to do, just obey me and this economy won't affect what I'm doing in your life. Just keep... Come on. Just keep doing what I'm telling you to do. But because we don't hear or use what we hear, we start fearing what we see. See, he knew Israel would see the plagues and diseases on Egypt. But see, if they didn't use what they were hearing, these things would cause them to fear. But God said, look, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put a shield all around y'all. This is reading at the heart of COVID. When we came back, I told the church, just like this, I didn't play no game. I said, I prayed, I diligently sought the Lord. He said concerning this church that nothing going to happen up here. We are good to come to worship him and he will protect us. Then I had grown so-called leaders in the church. I didn't say nothing about mass or no mass. And fought them from the beginning. Even put them outside if you want to wail. But I wouldn't read, and I still don't read every day what the CDC put out. I ain't got time for it. They changed their mind too much. But some folk didn't believe that God could shield them. Listen, from something. You know what made COVID scary to most people? Is that they couldn't see it. You get up and you go place, you wonder, where is it? Am I touching it? Am I eating it? Am I breathing it? And you see, it ain't just limited to COVID. Because some of you are not using what you hear. You fear other things. 
even though God done told you to chill out about certain things, it's going to happen in my time, on my watch. But because you don't use what you hear, you're more concerned about your biological clock ticking than what the Word is able to do. Even though you know Sarah was in her 90s when she gave birth. God ain't told you feel no gas prices. He know you need to be certain places. So he going to make sure. I better preach to myself. He going to make. I needed to get to church this morning. And the car I use don't run on water. God got to take care of me. God got to give me every single thing that I need. And he said he'll supply. Oh. According to. Before you be seated, you better shout to somebody, heaven ain't broke. Uh, shout to somebody, heaven ain't on bankruptcy. God got plenty for his people. God got plenty of houses. God got plenty of land. Well, Pastor, I'm already at such and such age and I ain't accomplished such and such such. Don't worry about that. Sometimes it's going to look like other people are running you, but they run into a ditch. Every fool running fast ain't going nowhere. And what did I tell you last week? Who healed the word? Who used the word? God told you how he worked. He says, step. He told you, lad, we quit trying to hop, quit trying to skip. Now you're back depressed because you ain't skipping. And you ain't, he told you you wasn't going to skip. He told you what he going to do in your life. Going to be done. Be seated. When I was young, I used to love this old comedian called Tim Conway. Y'all probably ain't heard of him. That's old school. But he had this little walk that he do. See, if that's all God wants you to do, do it. Just do it. You headed to be debt free, just do it. You about to pay that house off. Just just keep doing this. God got you on a collision course to get your heart desire just doing this. Be seated. Why saints don't like this? I'm going to be honest with you. Because sometimes we feel like people can't see what I'm doing. They can't see I'm making moves. Bible said the things that are done in secret... He will reward you in the open. I ain't trying to be everybody, Pastor. I ain't trying to be an apostle. I ain't trying to be a bishop. I'm trying to be the best pastor that I can be. See, there's a reason I can stand up here and say I'll never be broke another day in my life. 
Be seated. Just like I know for a fact, she ain't alone, but I know Mother Cochran got a good pound cake recipe. I ain't seen it fail yet. If she did, she threw it in the trash. But her pound cake recipe can't touch God's recipe that he gave to his people. Some you ain't sleeping at night. You ain't resting good. Worrying about stuff. That God said he'll take care. You ain't to be like them Gentiles. People that don't know me. He said for your heavenly father knoweth That you have need of all. Remember, I believe what David told a group before. He said if I was hungry. I wouldn't tell you. He said, I once was young, but now I'm old. But he said, I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed. You know, sometimes our young people stumble into things. Don't panic if you're teaching them right. Know God got his hands on them. Know he's going to deal with them. Look at Deuteronomy 4. That's how when I was raising my kids, especially they got teenagers, they got to thinking they was, they were so smart. And they did. Now I'm learning they, 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 they got over on me in some, in some cases. But see, you have to give your children to God. Teach right, but you, you got to know, hey, God, your hand's on them now because I'm doing right by you. Let's look at Deuteronomy 4. We. Now, they were good children, y'all. I don't want to give an indication that they was always. But you know, teen- teenagers just come with certain stuff. Come on, raising young adults just come with it. Now, you may have one just so, so obedient. That's good. Thank God. Throw your hands up. Give him praise. If you have more than one, you- you're going to run into a challenge. Deuteronomy 4. How do I know that? Because we were a challenge. It's amazing how folk have children. They knew who they was. You got to be careful when you tell your child, I'm tired of your mouth. Because sometimes the Lord say, what's you get? Where you get that mouth from? Thank you, know everything up here. I'm about tired of Where you get that from? Where you get thinking you know everything from? Deuteronomy 4. We're talking about use what you hear. Now, O Israel, Deuteronomy 4.1. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgment which I teach you to observe, that you may live, go in and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. See, just by using what you hear, you can possess things. If you're religious, you may want to run out of here. God told Israel, if y'all will use what you're hearing, this is what he told them, then I have some land that I want to give you. You know when certain folk don't own stuff? They're not listening to God. When we first got to looking for a house, I, I just had this certain number in mind. And so those are the neighborhoods I went in. And we're finding no success. I said, Lord, just lead me. God said, okay. 
you need to go over here. Whoa. What? Yeah. This is what you, 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 you thinking too low. I got something for you. When I got there to the house, got to dealing with this house. The man who lived in the house had such a big job with his company that they were going to sell the house for him and told him to move on. They'll handle it. See, y'all ain't hit me. Y'all ain't hit me. See, I got it for the price I got it for because the man and his company was ready to move on. What I got it for back then is worth twice as much now. If I sold it today, I have to have a half a million at least. But how did we get in there? See, sometimes we think we're smarter than we are. And that's reading you out of place. Tell your neighbor, whatever God give you, you should use it. Could tell your neighbor, whatever God give you, and you don't use it, he'll take it away from you. I'm finna close. Now, I know I'm talking about the word, but let me jump off the word. If God has given you a spiritual gift, then you ought to use what God And see, some of you, you're not using what God gave you. You busy talking about why you can't use it and this, that, no, no. He gave you that gift for you to use it for his glory. Tell your name, it ain't about nobody else. It's about what God gave you that you should be using. I'm finna close. In Deuteronomy 28, I ain't got time to go down. He told him, he said, look, if you will obey my voice, if you will diligently hearken to my voice, he said, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Tell your neighbor, we are people who don't worry about being blessed. We just use what we hear and shout to them the blessings are automatic. I said, the blessings are automatic. If you diligently heed my voice, then all these blessings will come on you and watch this and overtake you. See, when a blessing overtakes you, now you being a blessing. Blessing just ain't came on you, but now it's had overtaken you to the point to where you are a blessing to many people. But then in that same chapter, Deuteronomy 28, he also said, if you do not obey, then all these curses will come upon you. Back in Mark, so I can close. Now, ain't nobody in here so blessed that you can afford to start doing stuff contrary to what God told you. You are not that blessed. Because what you're going to see in your life as a result of your disobedience is God slowly but surely taking from you. Because you're out of his will and you're not using what he gave you the way he wants you to use it. It's not yours. He gave it to you 
for you to use it in his kingdom the way he wants you to use it. Come on. There are some women in here can dance. But God wants you dancing in church at the house, not on no pole. Come on. He didn't want you using that gift like that. Some of you gave God gave you the gift of persuasion that you're able to talk. He wants you to use that to motivate people to do what's right, not for your own selfish benefit. Now you're using the gift to try to prosper yourself, trying to be slick. But see, stuff don't make you happy. And some of you about to find out because you didn't want to do it God's way. You're going to see God the rest of your life taking from you. Until in the end, you will be a most miserable person before you leave this earth. And God going to let you know you did not use what you heard correctly. And in Matthew 4, he says it, and then I'm done. Look at it. Mark 4. Thank you. Y'all paying attention. I'm ready to go on. Mark 4, 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. See, all we got to do is use what we hear, and God going to give you more. There's never a reason to get out of God's will trying to get more or do more. In his will is everything that pertains to your life. Do y'all really understand it? I don't have to get out of God's will trying to do more. And even when you hear people say such as demonic, I need to do more. No. You need to do God's will. You remember how the devil showed up at Jesus? Tried to get him out the will? Getting him to do things. To do more than what he was supposed to do. But Jesus said, as it is written. He used the word on the, on the enemy. Place a refuge. Let's use what we here and enter into more, better, bigger improvement. Do y'all receive? I'm done. Let's give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.